this morning, we are moving on in our series that we've been doing on the fruit of the Spirit, and we are on week number four. And I pray and hope that you've been enjoying these messages. I know I've been enjoying reading through the book that I've been studying from, and I even enjoyed last week getting the opportunity to hear my wife um, bring the message on peace, which was very timely for the day and age that we're living in. But this morning, we're going to be looking at the fourth fruit of the Spirit, which is patience. And at this point, as a reminder, we've been doing this for the past four weeks, but we look at Galatians 5, 22 through 25, just as a reminder of what the scripture is that we're looking at and um, kind of our guide for the message. And these verses we read, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And again, remember, and it tells us there in verse 25, that if we live by the Spirit, we are to also keep in step with the Spirit. And now, does that mean keep in step with the Spirit on Sundays? Yeah. It also means every other day of the week. It means the days where you're not feeling good, where you're feeling tired, just don't want to move on with the day, keeping in step with the Spirit, being obedient to the Holy Spirit. We want our hearts and our lives to be fertile soil for the Lord to be able to plant seeds, to be able to plant these seeds and ultimately for us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We were out yesterday at a farm market just around the corner here, and as I was walking through the store, seeing all different fruits and vegetables, it dawned on me. I'm like, at some point, a farmer, somebody, dug up the ground, got it ready, planted a seed, and then took the time to make sure there was no weeds, made sure it was fertilized, watered, taken care of, and then ultimately, here's the end product that we're now purchasing, and we can see, oh, this is really good fruit. And it really resonated with me that as Christians, that's how our hearts should be. Our hearts should be to where we are allowing the Lord to be able to plant seeds. We need to have essentially fresh soil ready for the Lord to plant those seeds and then allow him to pour into our life, to water it, to nurture it. And at the same time, we need to do the same back. We need to put some work in as well. So in the end, we have fruit to show for it. And as scripture tells us, you can tell a tree by its fruit. Does a pear tree grow apples? No. So if we're saying that we're Christians and we're walking in this love, this joy, this peace, well, then we better be able to show it. We better be able to back that up. And we may not see this fruit come up overnight. I mean, it'd be wonderful if it did. It'd be wonderful if we could have patience immediately, but that's not the case. But that's where we need to allow the Lord to work through us, allow the Lord to come alongside of us, to correct us, Test our patience a little bit of like, hey, just be patient a little bit longer. Go through this, whatever I have before you. Just go through it a little bit longer. I'm, it's not going to harm you. And then hopefully we can look back and see the benefits. Look at the Israelites. They were freed from Egypt, told they were going to eventually reach this promised land. But what happened? They wandered the desert for 40 years. I mean, come on. Like, I can guarantee you they were complaining 
They were muttering, not happy, looking at Moses like, you don't know where you're going, what's going on. Like, you're supposed to be the closest one to God out of all of us. What's going on? I'm sure there was some very, very interesting conversations. Another person that comes to mind is King David. He was anointed king. He then beat Goliath. But guess what? He still had to wait patiently. He still had to endure some trials before he rose to his throne. For gracious sakes, the man had to run for his life from King Saul, hide in caves to the point to where he was almost killed. The rightful king of Israel is on the run, running for his life, being patient, waiting for King Saul to eventually die and be gone so he could rise to power. So if King David and the Israelites, if they can go through these trials of patience, these trials of endurance, I dare say we're going to have to go through them. And we're going to have to go through them and learn from them. Each and every one of us, well, we experience our patience being tested to some extent. I mean, I know firsthand as a parent raising children, I love my girls. But sometimes it can be a little bit of a patience tester. Being married, again, I love my wife. But in the beginning, man, that was a patience tester too, trying to figure out, okay, this is nice, I love you and all, and I know you're the person I'm supposed to be with, but we got to figure out, how's this going to work? And, I'm, and, and we're still figuring that out. Now, think about this. Next time you attend a family function, I'm pretty sure we all have that one family member that can get on our nerves that the minute we walk in, they're like, right there on our ear for the whole time patience remember patience be patient with them and sure we can try everything we can to muster up patience on our own and yes it will go a certain length but the good news is guess what god doesn't want us to do it alone god is there to help god is there when i'm about to lose my patience with my daughter because she's not listening to me when i say clean up god is there to be like hey I'm patient with you. Be patient with her. Same thing with my wife. If I'm about to lose my patience on my wife, God's like, hang on. Be patient with her just like I'm patient with you. Trust me when I say when God is giving you patience, it's going to stretch you beyond what you can imagine. And many times you're going to question, Lord, is this really worth it? But it is. And in the end, everything's going to work out. And you'll experience patience and you'll get this new look of patience that you've never seen before. Now, we're going to get a little bit um, scholarly here for a second when it comes to the word patience. Um, and I think it's important that we understand this. But the Greek word for patience is macrothumia. It's actually a combination of two words. Now, bear with me because Greek... I took Greek at 7.55 in the morning in college. and wh Whoever, whoever uh, created that class, that was a test of patience. That was just horrible to wake up and have to do that. I mean, goodness. But the two words, so macro means long, and thumos means temper. Put them together, what do you get? You get long temper or long tempered. You've heard the phrase, oh, that person has a short fuse. Or, oh, that person's very short-tempered. Well, this idea here, when we think of patience, the idea we're trying to get across here is to be long-tempered. So, yes, you may eventually hit that point to where you want to blow and your anger is going to erupt. 
but just hopefully maybe but by the time you get to that point the lord has worked on you a little bit to where when the anger does come out it's not as harsh and nasty as it would be if it was like instantaneous there's time and a place to express anger and frustration but hopefully if we plug into the lord and allow him to work on us with patience we can learn how to strive towards being long-tempered. Now, when it comes to these fruit of the Spirit, Paul lists them in a very specific way. And I don't think it's a mistake, and I'm glad I don't think it's a mistake because the authors of the book I'm reading, they agree. They don't think it was a mistake either. One of them says this. He says, if we have love, joy, and peace in our lives, patience will also be present. The fruit all develop apart from one another, but they all begin with love. And I do agree with that. Love and joy go together. They all go together. People, they're going to see how we react. And that's where we need to remember we need to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. J.I. Packer wrote the following when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, and this was very eye-opening, and I felt it was very important that I share this for this message, and it's applicable to the whole series. He writes, Love is the Christ-like reaction to people's malice. Joy is the Christ-like reaction to depressing circumstances. Peace is the Christ-like reaction to troubles, threats, and invitations to anxiety. Patience is the Christ-like reaction to all that is maddening. Kindness is the Christ-like reaction to all that are unkind. Goodness is the Christ-like reaction to bad people and bad behavior. Faithfulness and gentleness are the Christ-like reactions to lies and fury. Self-control is the Christ-like reaction to every situation that causes you to lose your cool. Did you notice something? After each fruit was the phrase Christ-like reaction. And this is why it's important to remember that we need to be so in step with the Holy Spirit that our reaction, it's supposed to be Christ-like. As Christians, we're emulating Christ. So in our love, in our joy, in the peace, the patience, even our self-control, Christ-like. Everything we, need, everything we do needs to be striving to be like Christ. No, we're never going to hit perfection. But it's so important, and he makes a mention of it eight or nine times, says it after every single one. So the question needs to be asked this morning, do you have patience? Or could you use some more patience? And are you ready to endure whatever God's going to throw your way to get you to grow in that patience? Mm, get ready for a fun ride. This morning, though, we're going to unpack a few different things when it comes to this idea of patience. The first one, and clearly the most important one is this, and we need to understand this, that above all, God is patient with us. Before we can even move on to anything else that I would talk about this morning, we just need to lay the basis there that God is patient with us. When you really, really think about it, there is nobody that's more patient with us than God. Now, as human beings, our response is to constantly be on the go. We usually get impatient. I know I do. If I'm behind somebody that's driving even like a mile less than the posted speed limit, I can lose my patience. Or if things aren't going fast enough, it's like, come on, let's get moving. But even in all of that, we need to remember something. God is still on his throne being like, hey, 
I've got all the time in the world. And why don't you kind of slow down too and see what I have to show you? 2 Peter 3.9 tells us this. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And then all throughout Scripture, we see something. We see God expressing and exhibiting patience with different people in many different ways, even in the Old Testament. I know that's probably shocking to hear, because when you think of God in the Old Testament, some people think of God sitting on his throne, like casting down fire, like knocking people dead, casting judgment on them. Yes, there was plenty of that, and those people, they definitely deserved it. But there's also plenty of mention of God's patience. Look at Exodus 34, 6, where Moses is on Mount Sinai about to receive the Ten Commandments from the Lord. And he asked the Lord, pass by me so I can see you, so I can experience your presence. And the Lord tells him, well, you're going to have to hide yourself. So Moses hides behind a rock, and the Lord passed before him. And here's what it says. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Slow to anger, a God merciful and gracious. Then in Psalm 103, 8 through 10, we see it said again. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always shine, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And thank God for that. If God were to repay us for our transgressions against him, if he were to carry out the judgment that should be carried out upon us, none of us would be sitting here this morning. But our God is a God that's slow to anger. He is a merciful God. And yes, like I said, there were times where people, they crossed that line. And God had to step in and be like, you know what? No. And he had to do it with the Israelites from time to time. Especially when Moses would go up on the mountain and be with God, they would have wild parties and do crazy things. And God judged them for that. They got dealt with on that. And then in, in the New Testament, I think the best example of patience we can look at is through Jesus Christ. He dealt with large crowds that were constantly following him, people touching him, people grabbing a hold of him, but he remained patient. He dealt with his disciples arguing over who was his favorite. I mean, come on, really? Like, seriously? He even dealt with on the night that he was being arrested, Peter losing his temper, cutting off a guy's ear. And he, he's like, you know what? He healed the guy and responded to Peter in love and kindness. Even when he was being taken to trial before the priest, before Pilate, he remained patient. While he was being beaten, spit on, the nails being driven into his hand, our Lord and Savior never lost his patience. As he was being raised up on that cross, this is really important to take note of here. In one single moment, our Lord and Savior exhibited every single fruit of the Spirit better than any single one of us could. He exhibited love for the lost in this hurt world. He exhibited joy. He did it out of the joy of his heart, knowing 
that he was going to die for our sins, but knowing that in the end we could be with him. He did it peacefully. He very easily could have called angels down, and there had been a massive war, but he did it peacefully, and so on and so forth. And he had self-control. I mean, he could have walked right off that cross and been like, forget this, forget all of you. But in one moment, the Son of God showed every fruit of the Spirit. And it's such a great example. And think about it for a moment. We serve a God that loves us so much that he gave us that example through his son. He sent his son to die for us. The prophet Isaiah says this in chapter 53, verses 4, 6, and 12. He says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercessions for the transgressors. I mean, imagine the patience that he had to have to deal with all that. Imagine the patience he still has to have today to deal with everything that we do, everything that's going on in the world. I mean, look at Noah. He destroyed the world with a flood, saved Noah and his family, because his patience was still there. And I'm telling you, he could very easily today repeat that but not choose to save anybody. But he's not. Our God is a patient God. And no matter what the situation is, he is there to guide us. And he's there to say, be patient and look for the result on the end of this. The second thing that we need to unpack when it comes to patience, we need to recognize and understand that we can and need to grow in our, in our patience. I know that's difficult for some of us. And I, and I know some people will be like, yeah, my patients could use more growth, but I, I really don't want to have to go through that. I know my patients could use some growth. My wife likes to point out that I have a short temper on some things, and I do. I'll admit it, but I'm growing. I'm growing, and my patience is being grown. I'm working on that. So that second point, we can grow in patience. Think about it. The day and age that we live in, everybody's on the go constantly doing a million things trying to get so much done in a day i have news for you there's still 24 hours in a day there's still seven days in a week no matter how fast you go you're not going to get an extra hour you're not going to get an extra day time is remaining the same and god is sitting up there like hey i'm not in a hurry like what are you trying to do down there so it's safe to say that we should be taking our cues from the Lord. Patience, it's going to develop naturally as we grow in Christ and depend on the Holy Spirit because when we accept Christ, we become part of the one who is patience. The maturity that we develop in our relationship with God, it's a maturity, it's going to develop over time. It's going to develop as we grow deeper in our relationship with Christ. And over time, the Holy Spirit is going to help us determine the right moment to do and to say something, or as I like to say, the Holy Spirit is the best version of autocorrect. I don't know how many times I've had my phone out, ready to respond to somebody with a text message or something, and I have this long, drawn-out thing. And as soon as I'm about to hit send, the Holy Spirit's like, delete it all, and don't say anything. And there's something to be said for that. Over time, 
when we're as we get in tune with the Holy Spirit, we'll recognize that. And sometimes the best response is to do nothing, is to just to remain silent. And this is all part of the process of cultivating and growing as we move forward with the Lord. So if we're not developing and growing patience in our life, well, what's happening? Well, we're doing the opposite. We're impatient. We're in a hurry. Like, bad things are going to happen. And this can lead to some anger and destructive behavior. Look at Proverbs fifteen eighteen: A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. The Apostle Paul even tells us to be patient with everyone. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And guess what? He means everybody. He means even that co-worker that you're working with that some people can't stand that can just drive you nuts. He means to be patient with them. He means to be patient with that sibling that just drives you nuts. He means to be patient even when my daughter wants to tell me the same story five and six times. Be patient with that. He's be patient. Be patient with my wife in whatever is going on in our marriage. He means to be patient with everyone and everything. Even in the tribulations and the trials. It's not going to be easy, but keep in mind this. The Lord's not going to leave you. And the trials that come up in our life, they're not meant to destroy us. They're not meant to break us down. They're not meant to separate us from the Lord. They're meant to build us up, draw us closer to God. They're meant to really help us grow in our relationship with God. And when things seem impossible and are spiraling out of control, well, yes, that's when we want to turn to the Lord in prayer. But... Romans 12.12 also tells us to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, but to also be constant in prayer. That means to be constant in the good times, in the bad times, and even on the end of that tribulation to be praying and thanking God as well. The Lord doesn't just want to hear from us when things are going bad. He doesn't just want to hear from us when we're on the end of our rope. He wants to hear from us all the time, every day. And when we're praying, let's remind ourselves to ask the Lord. Be like, Lord, I could use some more patience. And name out the specific area. Be like, Lord, I could use patience in this area. And trust me, he respond. And like I said, get ready. It might get uncomfortable. The final thing this morning that we're going to look at regarding patience is that we need to be patient with others, but also ourselves. Have to be, we have to be patient with other people. And let me tell you, that can be absolutely frustrating. Especially if people that we're trying to be patient with are complainers. They don't want to listen or they don't want to do the work or they're just plain lazy. Trust me, I was a manager for four years of a bank. Mm, my patience was tested with a lot of people. And I spent a lot of time in my office like asking the Lord, Lord, just do something either get rid of them or get or like get me out of the situation but i never lost my cool i never lost my cool i always would turn to the lord and say, lord help me somehow some way and usually there was a lesson to be learned from whatever was going on look at moses for example when the people of israel when they're wandering the desert they came upon a time where they had no water 
So they started complaining. They started complaining at Moses. They started complaining about God, saying, why would God lead us into the desert and then forsake us like this and not give us water? I mean, Moses was probably ready to just wipe them all out and be like, what is wrong with you? Look what happened, though, in Numbers 20, 10 through 11. This shows the human side of Moses. Because remember, God told Moses that he would give them water, but he wanted Moses to speak to the rock. But Moses was getting so impatient with the people. Here's what happens. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank in their livestock. He didn't strike it once. Twice. I mean, was there a little bit of attitude behind that second strike? God told him to speak to the rock, though. But Moses was human. He lost his patience, even though he should have been patient with the rest of them. Because Moses knew that God was a patient God and a loving God. And the thing is, the Israelites knew that to a degree, too, because they saw all that God had brought them through. So Moses was really frustrated with, well, how in the world can you complain like this? You've seen what God's done for us. Why are you now complaining? And in one simple moment of mistake, guess what? Moses was never going to enter the promised land. So just remember, be patient with everybody because if you respond harshly, that could have a negative effect. You may not know what in that moment, but that could have a negative effect down the road. We're all sooner or later going to reach that limit of patience, and that's where we need to turn back to God and be like, Lord, help me. Help me with this. Now, when it comes to being patient with others, this also applies to husbands and wives. In different parts of the New Testament, we see mention of this. We see mention of how husbands and wives are supposed to extend patience towards each other. The Apostle Paul instructs husbands not to be harsh. Colossians 3.19, he says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. He goes even... But Peter goes even further in 1 Peter 3, 7 and says, like, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. We even see mention that wives are to respect and submit their husbands, but also to extend patience to the husband as well. So now you may be asking, well, what are some ways the husband can show patience? Well... And I'm preaching to myself here, too. Understanding. Take the time to understand. My wife is going to think through things and comprehend things a little bit differently than I am. I need to take the time to understand where she's coming from. Listening. I mean, I'll admit I'm, the, I'm horrible at this. I try to multitask and be on my phone and listen to her at the same time. But take the time to give that attention, to listen. And also, remain calm. We have a rule in our house that w it was a word of wisdom that was given to us when we got married by her uncle. Never yell at each other unless there is a fire. And I dare say in the six years we've been married, we've, we've held pretty good to that. I, I don't think we've ever really raised our voice at each other. And then for the wives... They need to remain patient when it comes to showing respect and submission to the husband because the same thing. We're going to process things differently. We're going to, like, completely differently. 
We have uh, men have an ability to be able to comp compartmentalize stuff. Females don't. But even also to show patience to the husband as he grows in his role as the husband, as the head of the house, as a father, if there are children involved. Ex exhibiting that patience. I came across this quote that fits this perfectly. It says, the marriage relationship itself in virtually all areas requires patience and commitment. Amen to that. Another way that we can experience and grow in our patience towards others is in raising children. Amen to that. I, as I was typing this this week and really getting ready for this, it came across my mind. I was thinking back to when Graceland was born. We were leaving the house. It was a Sunday about, oh, 11.30 in the morning. We were leaving the house to head to the hospital so she could be induced. And I remember we stopped at our kitchen, because our kitchen and our living room and our apartment connected, and we looked at our house, which in that moment was perfectly clean, organized, quiet, and we looked at each other, and we're like, it's never going to be the same. Never going to be the same. And let me tell you, it's never been the same, but in a good way. But what I'm saying with that is the messes that have happened, the like, different things that have come that have happened like when we go to bed at night and we look at the house like what in the world just happened there's patience that's been exhibited throughout the day with these girls with these as they learn and i will say that the one thing i have learned and i'm still working on when it comes to parenting is just take the time to slow down and get on the same level as my kids it's amazing to see what they see you want to talk about a true test of patience well th th that's going to stretch you that's going to stretch you. And now as parents, we do need to discipline our children. The, like the Bible instructs us, the Lord tells we're instructed to discipline our children. But at the same time, we're to exhibit patience with them. And trust me when I say the patience can be tested. I don't know how many times I've said something and I don't get a response. And my immediate reaction is, okay, I'm just going to punish you in this way. I'm just like, you can't, like you can't have your tablet for the 10 minutes tonight. But extending that patience, because there's times where they're wrapped up in their little world, not being bad, having fun, exploring. And I don't want them to look at their father as somebody who was there to just discipline them and get mad at them for not listening. Colossians 3.21, we read, fathers do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Ephesians 6.4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. If we take the time to demonstrate patience with our children, the outcome down the road is going to be far better than we ever could have imagined. I'm not saying throw the discipline to the side, but if we bring discipline and patience together and, br and do it the right way, things will move forward and the end result for our children will be wonderful. The next thing is we're to be patient with people who do not know Christ. This fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about this morning, patience, it's not just applicable to the way we treat other believers. It's also important to the, everybody else in our lives. The patience you display, it's going to be noticed. And it may prompt questions out of people of, man, you remained pretty calm in that situation. How'd you do that? Like, like how do you handle that? 
and I said it a couple times this morning, how you respond to situations is going to speak volumes to those around you. And I've said this before, when you have the opportunities to speak into somebody's life about who Jesus is, make sure that you go into that conversation knowing you may not get the result you're looking for immediately. You're going to plant that seed and then be ready to walk away and patiently wait for the Lord to do the rest of the work. And it will happen. If God is patient with those who do not know Christ, not wanting any to perish, well, then we can be patient with them as well. Then finally, we need to recognize and understand that we need to be patient with ourselves. We're on this journey as followers of Christ. We're all striving for the same thing. We're all striving to be like Christ. We're all striving to be with our Heavenly Father one day and reaching the lost along the journey. We need to keep our eyes focused on that prize and that end goal and be patient as we get there. It's important that we live out the patience that we've learned this morning. Philippians 3, 13 through 14, we read, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We need Christ on a daily basis. We need him for the forgiveness of our sins. We need to be able to bring him glory in everything that we do. And there's no room for impatience. There's no room for short tempers. But God understands that we're human. We're going to slip up. But if we're patient with ourselves, it's going to go a long way. This process we're in, it's a process from building from the ground up. We're all in this growing mode. We're all in this mode of like we're growing this fruit. We're growing this, what God wants us to grow. None of us have reached the end. None of us have arrived, as they would say. Patience is coming is something that each and every one of us should improve on through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this final quote this morning, I think this sums it up well. Walking in the Spirit means that we listen to God and follow His instructions as we encounter various challenges throughout our day. When we consistently walk in God's Spirit, God's character will find expression in our lives. Remember to be patient with yourself and always remind yourself that the Lord is patient with you and then patience towards others will follow. You'll be able to show that fruit. And as I close this morning, if, Mike, you want to come up to get ready, I just want to remind all of us, the next time you feel like losing your mind, you're on the edge, you're at the end of your rope, take the time. Stop and pray. Ask the Lord for help. I know for many of us, the thought of asking God to help us grow in patience, it's one of those prayers that we're like, I know I need to pray it, Pastor, but do I really have to pray that? Like, do I really have to pray for patience? Because I know it's not going to be fun. The trials that come and the situations that arise to test our patience, guess what? In the end, they can all be for the glory of God. The next time someone starts to try your patience, remember something. Remember that each fruit of the Spirit, including patience, ties back to love. 1 Corinthians 13 even tells us, 
that love is patient, among many other things. So if you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you saying, hey, you could use a little bit more patience in your life. You could grow in, you could grow in that area. Listen to him. Respond to it. Take the next few moments as we get ready to sing this song to respond to the Holy Spirit. Ask for that. Ask for that growth in patience. Now, you may be here this morning and you're like, I've never really committed my life to Christ. Is there, is there really, like, has God really got more patience for me? Yes, he does. He is patiently waiting. He is patiently waiting for you to turn to him. Even if you think that he can't possibly have any more patience, well, he sure does. And the good news is he is ready and waiting. All you need to do is turn to him and surrender your life over to him. Remember that our loving Heavenly Father, He is a patient Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord. Lord, and I pray over these next few moments, God, as we sing this song, Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here that they desire and that they, lo- they sense that need to grow in patience, God, You'd speak to them. Lord, be with us. Speak to each one of us. Lord, we thank you again, God. Oh, we thank you for the patience that you give us, Lord. Lord, there's some days I know that we don't deserve it, God, but you still extend it. Lord, I pray that we would leave this place this morning, God, just with that thought of that we serve a loving and patient Heavenly Father. And then remind ourselves that we need to show patience as well. That there's areas in our life that we could use that as well. I pray you'd be with each one of us as we go from this place this week. Amen. Have a wonderful week.